Well, hello out there, everybody. This is Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, too. And uh, also some guy named Jim Cummings. You're not going to believe this, but you are listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Good job. Keep it up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I am Jack Doherty. And joining us today, we have a writer and a person who's been all over the world. I'm very excited to talk to this guy about his uh, travels. We welcome Adam hey. DeColibus. Adam, thanks so much for being here with us today. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. We're going to have a lot of fun today. In our retro roundtable, this is coming at Adam's suggestions. I've, I've been running out of ideas for these things and even trying to think of new segments because we've, man, we've taken the retro roundtable all over the place, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's getting harder and harder and harder to think of things. But we Adam, thought it would never run dry, but it's starting to get harder. It's starting to run dry, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but um, Adam suggested fi- uh, 50s pop culture and i think man that's a that's not only a good idea but i think we could start going through the decades mm-hmm. pop culture in the retro round table so good on you adam thanks so much yeah <laughs> i appreciate it yeah that's the uh that's the historical part of me yeah well hey man you, you've started something here you've you've bought the retro round table at least another five episodes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now does this mean does this mean i i have 25 percent share of the uh of the podcast or or what are we talking about hey as soon as we see any royalties yeah we'll give you somebody <laughs> you'll be first on the list i guarantee it but uh, yeah, like I said, this week we're going to be talk to, uh, talking 50s pop culture, TV shows, uh, movies, anything to come out of the 50s. I, I'm excited about mm-hmm. this. When he, when he suggested it, I was kind of worried, but then I got on the internet and looked. I was like, okay, we can talk about this. Right, be some stuff I'm surprised about. Yeah, yeah, I was. Mm-hmm. I certainly was. Yeah. Uh, then in the comic vault, Jack, what do you have there? Ultra Shock Boom. Kickstarter released it. I remember you Finally speaking made of this. It to my mailbox. Very nice. Isn't it such a rewarding feeling when that happens? Mm-hmm. I was starting to get hopeless because yeah. I'd start checking. I'm like, Come you on, forget about it, about it when it, by the time it comes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I've got an old old comic uh, from 1995. I bought this thing when it was new, Jack. I've had this for that long. This is Bartman number six. I'm oh, reading Bartman. today. Yep, from Bongo. So we'll, we'll go more into that later, and then we're going to turn our attention over to Adam and talk about his upcoming novel, Caravan. But before we do all of that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air, and head over to Patreon.com forward slash CannedAirPod and uh, throw $5 a month our way. You get access to the Canned Air Patreon pod. That is a once-a-month exclusive show that you can only get by becoming a founder. That's what we call our patrons, our mm-hmm. founders. So, yeah, head over there. And, uh, Jack, what's happening with Wizard World? St. Louis, Missouri. Wizard World is coming to you April 7th, 8th, and 9th, and we want to send two people. So go to our website and fill out the contest entry form and listen for episode 289. We're going to be announcing the winner on that episode. Or if you don't want to sign up and try your luck and you want to go anyway, when you're buying tickets, just use promo code CANDAIR 
with no space and get a cool 10% off your ticket. That's a very important thing to remember. We're not giving away just two free passes. You can get that 10% off giving if you away don't 10% win. 10% to everybody, two passes to two people. Mm-hmm. That's Yeah, that's that's big savings when you're spending money at a Comic-Con. Mm, tell, savings, tell you what. Right. <laughs> All right, let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. Where do we start, gentlemen? 50s pop culture. Let me get my phone out here because I've just kind of kind of scrapped the notes I had. We originally were going to talk James Gunn films. That's how fucking desperate I was. <laughs> hey, it was a big deal in the news this past week. It was. And I'm not saying like he's nothing to talk about because I like James Gunn and I like what he's uh, I'm so glad he's going to be doing the third Guardians. Yeah, seriously, um, yeah. And I'm excited to see what he does with Suicide Squad because mm-hmm. I think he'll do much better than oh. whoever did that yeah. other train wreck of a movie. But Anyway, it's not. It wouldn't have yielded uh, as much conversation as this will. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Where do we begin, gentlemen? How about fifty-one? I love Lucy. <laughs> oh Ooh, yes. yes, love that show. <laughs> I grew up on that show. Not only uh, you know my mother showing it to us because she's a big fan, but uh, Nick at Night in the nineties had a lot of like I love Lucy, uh, Mary Tyler Moore stuff like mm-hmm. that. But uh, Honeymooners maybe. Probably. I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't have been on there. Well, probably the wife beating aspect, but I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah might, that, that might be a little disconcerting. <laughs> but I don't know how uh, socially aware we were in the '90s, and definitely not the way not we are now. As, yeah, not as much as. <laughs> well, now. hey, hey, we you gotta admit we were a whole lot more socially aware than we were in the '50s. Yeah, oh my true. god, yeah. yes, definitely. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of jarring seeing. What was your name? Lucy. Lucille Ball? Oh. Lucille Ball. Jeez. Yeah. God, it just blew my mind. My mind totally blanked Whoa. on it. Oops, now I'm tearing the whole studio down. <laughs> seeing how red her hair really is. Mm-hmm. Which you never see. Black and white. Yeah. yeah. Because it's black and right. white. Because I see more. I see redheads around, but her hair was bright, bright, deep red. Right. It now they. Such, so weird to see that. She had another show later, which I don't recall and maybe adam you can help me with this if uh desi arnez was even on that show just the lucy show which was in color i thought that one was actually in color yeah yeah that one was in color i don't remember the name of the show but i believe i think um, it was just the lucy show wasn't it was it the lucille ball show or something like that yes yes i think it was the full name and i believe that arnold schwarzenegger made his first um first uh, like appearance on film or or tv on that show no shit. I think I yes. saw a clip of that on Facebook. He was wearing shorts or something like that, carrying a briefcase. Yeah, he's, he's supposed to be a, um, I don't know what you'd call it, but it's like a come at home um, a masseuse. <laughs> Appreciate the wording there. <laughs> oh, it's those kind of massages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, and they, they, they really... They picked him at his prime before he really got the the get to the choppa accent, so he still had the legit Austrian accent. So, um, and apparently in the in the episode, he was supposed to play a Italian guy, and apparently the the directors of the episode were 
pretty much like, okay, hey, nobody's gonna know the difference between an Austrian and an Italian accent. Let's make him Italian. Wow. <laughs> so they did. Yeah, they made him Italian for an episode, and uh, uh, that was his first uh, first real appearance was on the Lucille Ball show. I wonder if there was really any flack about that, about the, the accent, because I'm sure people were like, that's not Italian. I'm sure Italians were like that <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, but I'm sure yeah, they I mean, who knew? Like they do, they would now. Again, the '50s. I mean, I don't think um, you know. Again, we don't think the the world was so in touch with each other as they are now. You oh, know, so not. so maybe the Italian accent wasn't quite as wide known then as it is now. You know what I mean? Maybe more in the East Coast. Maybe right. that's a totally ignorant <laughs> thing of me to say. I'm oh. not sure, but oh, yeah. Yeah, probably since uh, since Hollywood's on obviously Hollywood's in the West Coast probably makes sense. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that show I love Lucy. I have I basically I grew up watching that show and the uh, the Andy Griffith show. Oh yes, mm-hmm. I, I grew up on a lot of of nineteen fifties uh, movies and classics. Those two were like my staple of comedy from the time I was basically one day old till yesterday like i love <laughs> i love those shows because they if you now i have nothing against today's comedy i think uh 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 you know today's comedy is just it's brilliant but they definitely did have a different sense of comedy back then oh yeah and and in some ways you can it's evolved a lot and if you go back and and you watch uh, an episode of I Love Lucy, you still get the joke, right? It's not like they're they're using terms that are like so out of date that we don't get the the mm. comedic delivery. It's not it's not what you think it'd be. They're still talking about regular situations and and people, and the way that it comes across, it's you you sort of through the comedy you get a glimpse into how they might have thought back then, even though the comedy. There's a distorted version of how they think. The comedy now is mostly written, so it's not really as much as of a surprise where back then, like, say when she was working in the chocolate factory mm-hmm. and she started oh, yeah. getting, like, out of sync with the, the conveyor belt and then started putting it down her shirt. You're, you're saying improv- improvisation. Yeah, there's a lot more improv, and then it seemed like they they just kind of kept letting it go just because it was so funny. Yeah. Instead of just being like, okay, this joke's done, move on to the next part of the script right. and keep going. Just rolling with the moment because, right. yeah. No, I get that. There was uh, an episode of I Love Lucy where it was after they went uh, to Hollywood, Ricky, Lucy, Fred, and Ethel, and they were, uh, she was at the Brown Derby. Adam, I'm sure you know what episode I'm talking about, the Brown Derby restaurant, and right behind her was seated a, a celebrity. I can't remember who it was. Oh, yes! But yeah. she kept, like, peeking through the bushes at the, the, There was, like, little <laughs> plants that were partitioning the two booths, and she kept, like, peeking through at him, and he kept catching her and then doing it back at her and making her horribly uncomfortable. That episode cracks me the fuck up to this day. I mean, that there are some episodes where you'll hear jokes, you're like, okay, that's a little dated, but that is not one of them. No, that yeah. is, I mean, that will make me laugh every time I see it. It's like the situation stuff is what's funny. Not so much the lines and the, the jokes, but just what's happening and then the way that they're carrying and it. And her out. reaction. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Her like stamping on the grapes. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't she end up fighting that woman? In like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Lucy, Lucy, I think, was... Um, I think she was the original... 
like favorite of of I don't know if you'd call it a, call it a sitcom, but definitely comedy TV. It's just oh, brilliant. Absolutely. We we went to um, Universal Studios. I don't know when was that, Jack? Within the past five years, and we went to. Uh, when you first walk in the front gate there, there's a Lucy, I don't know if it's I Love Lucy Museum or if it's just a Lucille Ball Museum, and it's rather pretty small, but once you go in, they have some of the outfits she wore, some props from the show, but one of the coolest things that stood out in my mind was they had a miniature, uh, like a replica built of the entire set that you know of mm. I Love Lucy, and it was incredible to see. You know, I, I guess I have nothing more to say to that or any any details to divulge about it other than it was cool. <laughs> it's always cool to see that kind of thing. Yeah, if you if you ever go to Universal Studios, uh, I strongly recommend checking it out, even if you're not a fan. Um, I understand, you know, being in the year 2019, how looking back to a show like I Love Lucy can be like, I'm not going to watch that, you know, with everything we have today, but... My God, you won't be sorry if you give it a That's chance. That's the history of stuff. That's like going to the Hard Rock and seeing Jimi Hendrix pants on the wall. Sure. Yeah. Right. His balls yeah. sweated in those. Oh, gross. <laughs> we're thinking two different things when we see Jimi Hendrix pants, Jack. <laughs> All right. Uh, something that I always think about whenever I, I look back on the I Love Lucy show in the context of it being in the 50s is how back then CBS – uh, they wouldn't. They they were against the idea of I love uh, of uh, Lucille Ball's husband um, actually playing the husband, and just because he was he was uh, uh, I don't know what ethnicity he is, but um, oh yeah, is he is he Cuban? Or is uh, yes, yeah. Show? Yes. That if you think about it, back then that's just like a couple of years before the Cuban Missile Crisis kicked off. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and then and then they continued. That would be like. Um, you know, we have a whole a whole sitcom TV show with like you know the anchor is from North Korea and the the second the second um what do you call it the secondary character is like from uh, uh, Syria like that's <laughs> that's pretty it's pretty intense if you think about it especially back then when it was like a yeah. big no no that's wild yeah it really is I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess they, I mean, they did say they were husband and wife, but they, they kept them in separate beds, surely, didn't they? Well, that's how it was back at the time, mm-hmm. back in the day. They anyway. did that on all TV, I yeah. suppose. And, they, that, you know, those they kind didn't of things. They have a bathroom. I guess the Bradys, yeah, they didn't have a bathroom, did mm-hmm. they? The Bradys, though, the Brady Bunch, they had Carol and Mike in the same bed, and they had a bathroom, but no toilets. That's, you yeah, You couldn't that's show right. the yep. toilet in the Brady Bunch, so. Yeah, because the kids shared the bathroom, that's right. They must have been squatting on that fake lawn in the back. I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> Yeah, bitch to clean up. Uh, the gardener comes the by. They're ever. just like, yeah, we we got a great Dane. Holy <laughs> shit! Uh, this is so crazy. This I, I, I veered this way because I've been meaning to even tell you to see if you've seen it. I think it's happening right now. The uh, the Brady Bunch cast has they. I don't know if they or some it's Lifetime got a, Channel bought this, the the original house and they're remodeling the inside. Yes, to look like, yeah, yep. Remodeling the inside to actually mirror what it looked like on the show, and they're mm-hmm. supposed to be unveiling it in October, I think. So I I'm going to be watching the fuck out of that. <laughs> I guess the uh, I think it was Backstreet Boy Lance Bass. He tried to buy it when it was for sale, but the whatever the network told the buyer whatever you get we're gonna we're gonna top it because they wanted to do that project so he right. got screwed out of it well 
It's a good thing because he'd just, what, live in it? Maybe, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's turn this thing into a museum or whatever they're going to do with Seriously, it. Seriously, maybe they're nuts to go visit that place. Oh, oh wouldn't it, God. though? Wouldn't it? Yep. Man, that'd be awesome. Ride down the stairs. Anyway, let me put my uh, Brady Bunch boner away here and get back to 50s television here. Another another show that's as actually, I think, having its third incarnation about to come out, The Twilight Zone. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. Yes. To come out of the 50s. Now, what a great show mm-hmm. this was. And I, I think it was, what was it, the 90s, early 2000s? Was it... Uh, was it Forrest Whitaker who was the host of the that I think Twilight so, yeah. Zone? Yep. And I really wasn't into that one quite as much. It was good, but I mean that you can't. There's a magic that original one has that mm-hmm. can't be replicated. And I'm very anxious to see what was it. Jordan Peele is that his name? I think uh, so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. If it's Peele, yeah, it's Jordan Peele. Yeah, he's he's the one who's uh, hosting it. That guy's blowing me away the way he's coming up so big with that kind of genre weird twisted stuff on it you would never thought with him being as as funny as he is yeah i I don't know their show i could never get into because no matter how much i want to laugh i just be like you're ripping off Chappelle. you're ripping off (laughs) Chappelle." come on no they are hilarious man they are i'm not discrediting they're funny (laughs) they're they're definitely funny and um i like him but at at the same time come on the one with the text cracks me up when they're misreading oh, yeah. the, the the context of each text message, I've never seen like it. They're sitting there talking shit to each other, but one of them's taking it as like he's almost wanting to fight, start something. And the other one's just like, "Yeah, okay, oh yeah, coming right over." <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. So pretty much any uh, text thread you have with your wife or girlfriend, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <really. laughs> See you later, uh, babe. What the fuck's that mean? Yeah. But yeah, that Twilight Zone. I saw the. The trailer for it the other day, and I thought it was going to be they're rebooting the movie or redoing the the Twilight Zone movie. No, it's and then supposed I realized to be the series, it was a series, yeah. and I was got even more excited then. And it's supposed to be on like ABC All Access, I think, or something like that. I'm not sure where it, it's going well, to be. I, a think, str- I think it's on Hulu. Oh, is it? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't no know why. Subscription yeah, obviously, you can tell the you can tell the trailer had uh, had its effect, but I think it's on Hulu. Hmm. Who's your uh, cable your your phone provider? AT and T. Oh, that's too bad. If you had Sprint, Hulu would be free, Jack. Jeez. Well, well, I have an AT and T on my phone. It keeps the time change right when. <laughs> Touche, Jack. Touche. Last yeah. week, my phone did not automatically update uh, to the time change, and I was an hour late to seeing Captain Marvel. So. I don't know if that was a provider thing, thing though. That- I don't know. I, I might need an update. I'm just, I'm always lazy with updates. Anytime it comes up and says, hey, you have to update, I'm like, fuck off. I'm on Instagram. <laughs> I, 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 got a, I got a quick question, though. How are you late for, for watching Captain, uh, Captain Marvel if you, Marvel, if you weren't, if it wasn't going to be the first thing you were going to do in the morning, when you realized something was, was off? It was the first thing I did in the morning. <laughs> That's when I go to the movies. I hate going at night when there's a bunch of people there. It just people irritate me, especially when I'm trying to watch a movie and there's kids and there's so I go when there's nobody and I get up, take a shower and go to the movie. So I had a ticket for uh, eleven o'clock. And when I got there, shit was already starting. I'm like, what's happening here? What's what, what's going on? And I almost went out to the uh, box office. I'm like, you assholes owe me some money for starting this movie early, you know? But I saw that obviously everyone else in the theater was content. I was like, okay, something's something's up, but I'll figure it out. 
and uh, I figured it out. <laughs> you were in you were in the Twilight Zone there for a minute. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, well, "Why'd you still buy a ticket?" But I had bought my ticket online the day before, so oh, if I oh, didn't man. go, you I was just, okay. Okay, man, you you played yourself. You bought the ticket the day before the the change, man. That's risky business. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I didn't think about it. I didn't. No, no, no. I did it. Bought it the day after the change because I had Monday off. And I went on a Monday morning. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah, oh. it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so you went yeah. a whole day being behind. All day Sunday. Being I did. Behind. Wow. I never knew. But I, I had nothing to do Sunday either. Yeah. I just was on my ass and working on the show. I was like, <laughs> had, I had no reason to be punctual for anything <laughs> but anyway uh what else we got 50s guys oh elvis presley oh 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 uh yeah yep. the king <laughs> the king i've never yeah. been a huge elvis fan personally but i definitely got some mad respect for him i'd love to go to graceland honestly that would be mm. cool i've heard that's something to see it'd be neat to see but yeah i've never been a big fan i enjoyed some of his music his movies uh... yeah I mean, when yeah. in the military in Germany, I was at the where he was stationed at the base where I was. Yeah, they I, had a like a plaque on the out in the city for Elvis Presley being there, so that was kind of cool. I love him for inspiring my hero Tom Petty. So, <laughs> but um, I, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, as far as Elvis goes, I remember when we had Yvonne Craig on the show years ago. She talked about. Her memory with him because she did movies She's with him. With she him, was yeah. friends with him. They didn't. They never were officially going out, but I guess they kind of were back and forth a few times. And yeah. she just spoke very highly of him. He seemed like a, he would have been a really cool person. Mm-hmm. You know, not one of these uh, kind of prick performers you see that put on appearances and then when you meet him in real life, they're like, "Fuck off." You no, know? I think he was a gen- genuinely nice guy. But that, I mean, where he grew up and stuff and was yeah. born. So, and I heard about uh, you know when Graceland when he was alive and he was living there. You know, there were no fences around the place. People mm-hmm. were allowed to just come on the property and picnic, do whatever they want. And he'd just come riding up on your horse. Hey, how you doing? Enjoy the day. Crazy. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> yeah. That's not. Never do that anymore. You could never do that now. No. And it's amazing that he wasn't, uh, you know, attacked or assassinated or anything. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, but there is it, his his death is really it's really sketchy. You know? You think he's still alive? No. <laughs> no. No, man. As much as I as much as I I'm a fan, I I got to say he's a goner, but at least by now he would have to be. Well, I've got to say then. I mean, there's there's something on your voice there. Is there a conspiracy afoot, Adam? <laughs> I, you know, what? I'm I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm I'm not, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem there could be a conspiracy afoot because it's at that he he died in the 70s, right? Uh yes. Yep. I it's just at that time where it would be if it was in a movie, or at least if I was going to write uh, a historical fiction movie or a book where where some like wildly famous superstar just bites the dust. I'd like to make it a conspiracy. I don't know. I mean, that's just my imagination running wild, but that's where I would go with it. What, uh, who was in office when he died? Ooh, if it was Nixon, I'd be raising an eyebrow. I mean, Nixon had the, had Lenin tapped like hardcore and he knew it, you know, and Mm -hmm. and people say, well, maybe he was just crazy overreacting, but some of the stories you hear, like you could definitely tell the phones were tapped, the same vehicles always outside watching, but when doing your John Lennon, that fuck, that could be anybody, you know, (laughs) 
Uh, if you I mean if you're looking for a conspiracy, what about the whole uh, Beatles Paul is dead thing? You know, I never understood that whole thing. I, I there was just a, heard of it, but I don't really know. I know the. Well, yeah. the Sergeant Pepper album, there's like Paul's pointing at something, or one of them's pointing at something. Oh, it's all it... freaking bullshit. But <laughs> no, there was Paul and um, some, one of the other Beatles I, were in a car accident, which I believe was very real, uh, you know, in, early in their career. And for some reason, they believe it conspiracy that Paul was actually killed there, and they brought in a lookalike to keep the Beatles thing going. Oh my! And that to this day we're still bought over by this lookalike, but the real Paul McCartney died in that car accident. Like, come no on, wait! Okay. Come on, Paul. You know what? It's you know what? If if it's true, the double should be able to keep his job even if he's exposed because he's got talent. That's <laughs> yeah, serious. That's yeah. A, yeah. To find a second savant that looks just like the first. Like, <laughs> right. What? If you if you can double for somebody like that, listen, I'm not I'm not a wild Beatles fan, but if you can double for somebody like that and get away with it, you 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 get you get a, at least one good knot of respect from me, man. That's that's an yeah. achievement in and of its own. I would agree. I would agree. I, I've seen the dude live and Hey, no double. <laughs> no double. Hey, man, that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. Well, on the on the topic of the Beatles, I know we're we're going into the '60s, but that's next week, that... Adam. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> um, on the on the topic of the Beatles, I think that the Beatles and Elvis Presley were like the two. I think they were the two performers. Um, I don't want to call the Beatles the the Beatles perform. Uh, 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 I don't know how to say this. They were, I think, the first bands that were really just crazed after by fans, like on yeah. a level mm-hmm. we'd never seen before. Yeah, absolutely. Like mob crazy, yeah. Yeah, like because, uh, uh, like when you go back and you watch footage either of Elvis Presley or the Beatles, you can only really watch it for about forty-five seconds before, like the. The, the screaming in the background just starts to like gnaw at your sense of hearing. You're like, God damn, they were really just wearing out their vocal cords back then. Yeah. It doesn't even sound like cheering. It's just a high pitched, shrill. I mean, yeah. what, we would have had uh, Jerry Lewis, Chuck Berry, Little Richard. I mean, these yeah. guys would have been around already. And though, I mean, they would have been like some of the really first big stars. Like, yeah, I think you guys are right. Yeah, mob like, yeah. Mobs like the Elvis and the Beatles brought out. No, I don't think they had ever been seen mm-hmm. before and i could be wrong obviously i wasn't alive then but <laughs> um it's you know it's funny i think i've told you this story jack is um you would think that over time that kind of dies down and i guess it has but uh i mentioned when i saw paul mccartney when we got to the uh it was in louisville kentucky when we got there we were walking to the front of the stadium we got there early it wasn't even a stadium it was an indoor like basketball arena and uh, they didn't open the doors. We were, we were there before the doors were open. And hanging outside, up came a limo, down goes the window, and it was Paul. And he just waved to the crowd, and the limo then kept going. Mm. The whole fucking crowd. It was like uh, Dawn of the Dead. You know those sprinter zombies? Yeah. That's how it was. <laughs> and I was out, right really? there with them. I, I, I couldn't believe it, man. Like, this whole <laughs> crowd was just sprinting after Chasing this car. Yes. And what I, did they do when they got to it? Just shake his hand, say, get the to. opportunity to say, I met Paul McCartney. Yeah. I touched Paul McCartney. I spit on Paul McCartney. You know, not that I would. I'm just saying, <laughs> you never know what someone's on someone's agenda. But whatever they want to do when they get to that window. 
but uh, I never made it to the window. But it, it, it blew my mind, nonetheless, that to this day, he just the sight of him cruising by could uh, conjure that, you know? Mm-hmm. Send that many people sprinting like zombies. He's an icon. No doubt. No doubt. That's got to that's gotta do something to your ego when you leave uh, when you leave a stadium and you just see people booking it like Usain Bolt after your after your car. Yeah, that's no. This that's wasn't even leaving. This was before the show. This is when he was getting <laughs> oh, there. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> show hadn't even started yet. Woo. Yeah. Man. <clears throat> Speaking of the Beatles in the 50s that's where the term rock and roll finally came about as a music name out of the 50s is when mm-hmm. really yep yeah was it a dj dj alan freed coined the term rock and roll alan freed from right here from ohio cleveland he? yep hey. he was a disc jockey in cleveland and uh, if you go up to the uh, uh hall of fame there he's got a whole section in the rock and roll hall of fame there it's pretty go. cool ohio making history yeah it's interesting um I'm I'm the kind of guy I don't know about you guys, but when I when I listen to one kind of music, I really just go deep with it. Like if it's like when I discover a new kind of music, I'll I'll find out who the main guy or gal in that genre is, and then I'll listen to every single album. Then I'll find out you know who are like the main big players, and then like all the different sub sub genres of that uh, of that kind of music, and. When you go back and and I've I've listened to rock and roll uh, uh, in all its various forms, and I've really I've explored the evolution that it took from when it first got its days uh, uh, with Chuck Berry and it got its days with Elvis and and all the other guys, and then it kind of took the form of the um, God I don't I, I don't know how to how to describe it, but it's like the the doo-wop bands. Right where there's like four or five uh, guys that are all wearing the same checkered shirts. Sure. And then in the '60s and the '70s, it turned to Hendrix, and then we kind of got a little bit of a split of of metal music, and then and then uh, more bluesy rock. It's interesting to think that a name can can hold so many different sounds, so many different bands and and music underneath one name. That's yeah. just awesome because I if there's one genre. I, I love a lot of different music. I, I don't like everything, but I like a lot of different music. If I had to pick one that, uh, as an umbrella term, that you know, let's say I'm going to crash land on an island, and I could pick one genre, but I could listen to every single band that you know identifies as that genre, <laughs> identifies as rock and roll. Um, I would choose rock and roll. Sure. Yep. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. You couldn't I'll do take that. country, please. <laughs> you couldn't do that kind of thing with, say, hip hop because. Some people yeah. try to put rap and hip hop together, but it's totally different. Rap is totally yeah. different than hip hop is. Yeah, that it is. And you know, uh, there are some subgenres of rock. You know, you have all alternative rock, prog rock, emo rock, and stuff. But you're absolutely right. If there's there's one genre that is just all encompassing, it is that is rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would make that same call. Yep. I was kidding about the country music thing. Yodeling, please. Oh, no, thank yeah. you. A few other things really <laughs> quick to come out of the 50s that uh, I think are pretty freaking cool. Uh, one, uh, the drive-in movie theater. 
Hey. was invented, uh, reached popularity then, and as we've seen in our lifetimes, the crash of that popularity but sucks too because that was it does good times. it was fun yeah. it was fun I I mean I explored that in my youth but you know it's, by the time I was driving I knew of maybe one or two oh, miles right. away the ones that were local had all been shut down did mm-hmm. you ever go to a drive-in Adam? You know what? No, but there's this uh, there's one drive-in. Um, uh, not too far from where I live that I've always wanted to go to. I think I, I'm, I'm going to have to do it now. Just get your best gal, get in the packet, and head down there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember living Tune in California, in. driving down the freeway and seeing uh, screens with movies going Yeah, on yeah. I used to do the so same. Cool. I mean, even West Liberty, you could do that. I remember two or three movie screens between... Uh, Springfield and Bell Fountain, yeah, that you could see out in the middle of nowhere. If they were high tech enough, they had it so you just turn the radio station to the yep. AM station. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, yeah, that that definitely be an experience to go see a, a Elvis Presley movie at a drive-in. But but to do that, you have to have the right car. You can't go in, in like a in, in like a Tesla or something. <laughs> you have to go no. with like a, a legit fifties car. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, so for sure. Huge bench yeah. seats so that you can fit six people in there for no. Oh problem. yeah, because <laughs> the old so, one was you. You just hang the little speaker on the inside of your car, yep. right? And that thing had to yeah. have been crappy. Oh yeah. I mean, those things sat outside. Mm-hmm. They had to have been crappy out in the weather. Yeah. But I feel like um, AMC or somebody could really redo and revitalize that industry. Can you imagine if the drive-in concept was modernized for 2019 or 2020? I can't imagine what it would encompass, but I imagine there's got to be something they could make that profitable again and make the experience even cooler. Mm-hmm. Have like rentable, um, rentable AirPods that everybody can wear. Ooh. I don't know how they'd stop anybody from taking them, but... (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, doing this route would kind of cut out the social aspect of uh, being at a drive-in. Not that uh, you're supposed to be socializing other than watching the movie. But, like, (laughs) if you go to, like... uh, We went to the uh, Metropolitan Museum of Art in uh, uh, New York City. And when you go in, you can, uh, for a little bit extra, you can get, like, a pair of headphones you can put on. And then when you go up to an exhibit, you just hit a button and your headphones are toned. Tuned to whatever exhibit you're oh, in yeah. front of. Cosize like that too. Oh, are the they? Museum I haven't here, been to yeah. Cosize since I was like a little squirt. Like seriously, it's been a long time. Oh, that's crazy in there now. I got to go on a free tour with work because we do a lot of work for them. Cosize being our local uh, science, museum, science museum, I guess it would yep. be. It's yeah. I think it's art, science, and art. Art, not so much art. A little bit of art in there. Look it up. Cosize. Yeah. C O S I. Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> you owe us money now, Cosize. That's right. But, what else? Uh, amusement parks. Disneyland was open in the 50s. Uh, mm-hmm. And who could forget McDonald's? McDonald's, oh, yes. Jack. The biggest one out of there. McDonald's, so yep. yep. <laughs> Mac McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> you're, saying it, you're saying it like a foreigner now. McDonald's. It's a good old McDonald's, huh? <laughs> yes, it's a McDonald's. It'll be very good on stomach. <laughs> what else we have? Swanson brought us frozen TV dinners. All oh, those bastards. Mm-hmm. And the preservatives that, that cause yeah. cancer and whatnot, right? <laughs> Thanks, Swanson. Uh, Mr. Uh, Potato Head came out of the 50s. Hey. Ooh. Mr. Potato Head was patented, excuse me, in 1952. Now, this says the original one. So, if I remember correctly, original Potato Head did not come with a plastic potato. Yeah, yeah, you had to get a real potato. potato. (laughs) Wait a minute, wait a minute. minute. You had to get a real potato and then put the pieces on the potato? Yes, sir. That's that's how Mr. Potato Head started. Yep. (laughs) 
Genevieve. Wow. Yeah, I wonder if they, they decided maybe... later down the road. Well, it had to have been in the 60s, I guess, that Probably. they decided to make a plastic body. because Kids were ruining too much groceries. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. McDonald's was making wacky fries off of the potatoes that people were turning in. <laughs> you imagine <laughs> your kid making a Mr. Potato Head sitting that behind like a radiator or something, finding it like three weeks later, and it's like That's rooted probably everywhere. Why they stopped it because they just find these mushy potatoes, rotten vegetables everywhere, pierced holes all over the place. You think the it? smell of rotten meat's bad? Rotten vegetables is horrible too. Oh no, God, yeah. Oh yeah. my God, you get a bad smell in the kitchen. Like, oh, there's some vegetables in the garbage that need to go out in the rotter drawer in the refrigerator. Oh, That's what you see the rotter drawer. <laughs> That's a good name for it. Like, I think I have some oranges rotting in mine as we speak. What else we have? Uh, anything else, gentlemen? No, I think that Ooh, tapped me go, out. Go ahead, go ahead. I no, I think that's uh, probably going to do it. Actually, with the time, man, we we kind of ran away with that, which I'm happy with. That was that's way better than any James Gunn conversation we would have had. I promise yep. you. <laughs> I promise. So, good on you again, Adam. Thanks for the uh, the suggestion there. Uh, again, I appreciate you guys having me on. This is fun chat with you guys. And before we move on. Adult Swim Jack has struck again. Oh, yep, no. they they like to surprise us, and they typically come on Mondays, come home from work, and there's an Adult Swim package. I'm like, oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, which works out great because we record Mondays. Yep. Coincidence? Yep. absolutely (laughs) nothing's coordinated but uh yeah we have a new show coming out on adult swim premiering april 7th at midnight called laser wolf and uh jack and i have had the privy of watching laser wolf jack what'd you think i like the color palette and the animation and the voiceover is done very well the show itself is out there way out there yeah yeah i need to give it another watch just to kind of wrap my head around it but you know i, I thought the same thing about aqua teen when i first saw it and yes. now i love that show so again you have to Even acquire hot a taste yeah well, hot streets I, 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 gotta, too. I, I gotta ask a question man what is what is laser wolf about because to be honest it kind of sounds like a like a really rough street drug <laughs> I think that's what it's based what, off of the after about? effects of it. <laughs> no, I mean, from what we saw, there are uh, four fictional characters. There's Stupid Horse, there was Laser Wolf, Cannon Wolf. And Cannon Wolf, yep. And uh, I think there was another one in there. But, and uh, Esther, that she owned a diner. Yeah, we can't give too much away because this episode hasn't aired yet. Yep. But, but oh. um, I mean, just the hijinks of these four characters mm-hmm. together, pretty much. It looks like what this is going to be. So... Uh, more more exposure to it, I think, will uh, make us more accepting. I guess not that we're not accepting. We're just kind of, we watched it, and we were like, what happened? <laughs> what am I doing? But in a good way. Yeah. I hope we're not talking bad about it, because it was funny. We enjoyed it. And uh, I love their portrayal of God, too. God was about the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen, because it's just a head... That has uh, like a mustache and beard that's white that like just go to clouds. So you have like the top half of a head emerging from clouds and the clouds being his mustache mm-hmm. and beard. If that gives you a good enough visual, <laughs> I'm going to have stuff on social media. If, they, if that doesn't work for you, just go to our social media. You'll see what he looks like. But you have to check it out. So they've sent something along, Jack, that is just um, kind of as confusing as what we saw. Okay. Let okay? <laughs> me get this here. This is a little box of something called Crunch. It looks like a mini- miniature box of cereal. has yeah, n- like nutrition cereal facts box. on the side and uh, has the name of the show on the front. It says Adult Swim on the back. We'll get pictures of this and uh, put it on our social media as well so you can see it. But when you open it, Jack, what's that look like to you? Lucky Charms. 
Not even generic Lucky Charms. That's no. fucking Lucky Charms. Leprechaun hats. Yeah, there's blue moons. Rainbows. Rainbows. Horseshoes. Yeah, heck yeah, that is. There's a pissed off leprechaun somewhere, but you know, who cares? And it's X's and triangles for the, the, the wheat healthy part of it, I guess. It's definitely lucky charms, but who cares? Who cares? It's not what's on the inside that counts, as the world has taught us. It's all what's on the outside. Mm-hmm. It's Laser Wolf on Adult Swim, premiering. April 7th at midnight. Again, we'll be putting pictures of all this stuff up on our social media. Can't wait uh, for you guys to check it out. Please don't take what we said as uh, bad because I know it might be perceived as such. We're just old and confused. Maybe that's what it is. Befuddled. So once we find our uh, gatherings and uh, watch it again, I'm sure it'll uh, resonate much better with us. But anyway. Moving right along into the comic vault. Um, should I go first? You want to go first? Sure, go first. I will go first. And um, the reason, like I said, I'm going to be reading a Bongo comic from 1995, Bartman number six, The Origin of Bart Dog. Right. Bart Dog. Yeah, I see you at the edge of your seat there, Jack. <laughs> I bought this comic again when it was brand new, 95, and I just have to compliment my younger self. This thing is in damn good We're condition. It, yeah, it is, definitely. You know, and uh, I, I took care of my comics. I took care of my comics. There was a few that got, did not that were not so lucky, but... Boy, this one was. I'm trying to find... yellowed pages, too. Uh, Yeah. Well, see, this is when this was on, like, a comic still printed on craft paper instead of, like, the glossy Mm, paper. (laughs) Which I love, but you dare not eat potato chips or anything when touching a craft paper comic because you immediately have a big fingerprint on it. It's got that harsh old comic smell to it, too. uh, Let me see. Oh, it does, Jack. Straight (laughs) from a dirty basement smell. (laughs) But uh, the reason I chose this is because I just recently heard that back in October, Bongo pulled the plug altogether on Simpsons comics. They oh, are, really? They are no more. Yeah. And I did not know. You know, I've, I haven't bought them in a long time, but free comic book day, you know, I, you know how you're it's always usually, out for the tick. Yeah. I'm always out for some Simpsons comics because they always put out a special every year. And um, we won't be seeing it this year, Jack, but... That's Damn. okay. I still have a bunch of them I haven't read. The end of an era. Me over. I know, man. Again, <laughs> this is from 95. That's a long fucking time. Yeah, but they were good comics. A lot of the artists uh, that were in some of these... Con- I don't know about the new ones, but in these older ones were artists that were working on the show. Too. Were they? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the art is very... Is, right on par with what you saw in the uh, cartoon and some of the humor was as well these these books just sometimes took liberties that the show wasn't willing to <laughs> like with Bartman which had his own whole own series this one starts with him uh, it says a part three so I'm coming in on the end of a uh, part three here but uh, it starts with him in the Bart cave where his leg is all done up in a cast whatever's happened in these previous episode has left him laid up and Lisa and uh, Magina they're, they have their own little superhero aliases but Lisa so far as I can see is just going by Lisa <laughs> have been taken uh, captive by a villain called uh, the Kanker? Cranker? Cranker excuse me and uh, he's like what do I do? My leg's bandaged up I can't get there to stop them so he's like I know what I'll do. As soon as Santa's little helper comes running in, I'll deck him up to be Bart Dog. I'll rope him up to my skateboard and he can pull me to the danger. Now, in all this time that Bart Man's been laid up and not been able to uh, be out 
on the scene, Kent Brockman has decided to start smearing his name. And when he get, does get back into town, he sees that he, there's, there are burning effigies of Bartman. There are things on Shit. signs saying, die, Bartman, die. And he's like, I think they're trying to tell me something. <laughs> <laughs> but he decides he's going over to channel, uh, what, is, what is that, channel uh, 8, channel 6? I never remember what the channel is that Kent Brockman's on. either. 6, there it is. And he kicks the door down. He says, I want Brockman now. And he's like, why are you smearing my good name? He says, well, I'm smearing your name simply to lure you here where there's a waiting audience for the unmasking of Bartman. He's going to have these henchmen hold him down where he unmask him live on TV and gets a Pulitzer surprise I've for I've seen that in other hero novels. Right? <laughs> but uh, at the last minute, he gets away and uh, he heads over to the factory where uh, Lisa and Maggie are being kept. Maggie. And uh, Bart Dog tackles... The villain, the, this cranker, and when it falls over, it's just Mr. Burns. But when he falls over, it breaks. It's an android of Mr. Burns. Oh. Yeah, so who's controlling this thing? Well, the dog, Santa's little helper, or Bart Dog, catches the scent and follows it back to Lenny's. What? The plot twists, doesn't it? Lenny was behind the whole thing. Lenny. What? Why would it be Lenny? Why would it be Lenny indeed? Because well, this is what he says. I could have gone back to work, but... Rolling Springfield from my recliner just sounded like more fun. You can't argue with that, Jack. You cannot argue with that. Uh, that, so, is, uh, that is a quote to live by. <laughs> right. So instead of turning him over to the authorities, Bartman makes an agreement with him to come by every day to play his uh, exclaimed 32-bit video game uh, console. I guess their, their version of Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. He'll be over every afternoon to the year 2035 to play it. Wow. For not turning him over to the cops. Doesn't sound like much of a hero, does it? <laughs> At the end of the episode, Patty and Selma have Bart Dog tied up and says, Brockman, this is Frog Throat 1 and Frog Throat 2 on a payphone. Let's make a deal. We have Bart Dog. And then it ends. Man. Just a fun little read. Um, typically with the Simpson comics, I've been finding as of late, <clears throat> excuse me, I guess not as of late because they haven't been around since October, but before then, uh, were divvied up into like a bunch of little shorts. And typically those shorts were given to different artists and different writers where these issues here were just one, you know, front to back, the same story. Just all can. Yeah. One and I have a lot more of them. This one, they tease the next one here, episode, or issue seven, Flanders Goes Bad. And I have that one too. I'll have to <laughs> dig that one out and read it sometime because that was. A lot of fun, but that's what cool was cool about those because they were all self-contained. You don't have to yeah. worry about a series. Yeah, there. exactly. Nice. So Bartman number six. <clears throat> so I've got, got from a Kickstarter from last year, I believe it was. Finally showed up in the mail. I guess they had a lot of shipping issues. Is they all, always do, don't they? Yeah. Ultra Shock Boom, written by Pat Shand, art by Kevin Shaw, colored by Blonde. And lettered by Taylor Esposito. It's about a kid named, what was his name? Adam Boone. He's a 16-year-old doofus teenager. And it opens up, he's trying to beat the clock, get home on his curfew. He's cooking the clock like I'm sure you may have done when you were a kid. Oh, yeah. Waiting until the last minute. Oh, yeah. He's riding his bike home. All of a sudden, it starts raining. Next thing you know, he gets zapped by a bolt of lightning. Wakes up the next morning on the neighbor's grass. He has no idea what happened. And he's worried, trying to get back home before his parents end up finding him. Because his mom is a, his mom or his dad is a psychologist, and the other one is a psychiatrist. So anything he does 
they've always got a deep dive. Oh, he's got this problem. He's got this problem. So he just tries to stay out of trouble as much as he can. So he sneaks into his house, comes downstairs. Next thing you know, the the neighbor that saw him laying on the, the grass in the front yard calls the mom to let him know. So he ends up being busted immediately. Uh, so he's in yeah, trouble. But- Later on when from school, he's going to get, you know, the, the heave-ho from the parents because sure. he broke curfew. Well, heave ho! They're throwing him out. Well, they're just going to give him the what? What for? That's oh. what I'm looking for. So he gets in his car, car with his sister, drives him to school. He gets to school. He's late for a class. He walks in. The bully's picking on him. They ended up meeting him in the hallway later on. Give him a swirly, and while he's getting the worst swirly he ever has, all of a sudden this la- this huge shock comes up, Ooh. shocks the the bullies away, and at the same time he has a vision of some. Girl creating mayhem at the college down the road where his sister goes to school. So he ends up, you know, deciding he needs to run over there to save his sister. And the girl that's creating problems at the university is actually, she's shooting lightning in her hands, trying to rob everybody. So he decides that he's got this weird new power that he doesn't understand and how it works yet, that he's going to try and be a hero and save the day. And the girl that's shooting lightning at him... He's like super agile now. Anytime she shoots lightning, he absorbs it, fires it back. There's a big battle. She runs away, goes to the boss. The boss is like, we need to find out who this striker is. They're turned <laughs> striker, I guess. There's a lot of electric type heroes and villains in the story. But that's where I'm going to stop because it's an issue number one. Leads off at a yeah. cliffhanger. And it's fairly <clears> new, <throat> right? It just came out? Yeah, it just came out. Um, wow. If you go to BeAmazedStudios.com, you can check out some of their other books and this one. And the artwork is freaking awesome. Yeah, this I picture, got to look at it beforehand, and it looks right pretty cool. Right here reminds me of a lot of, like, the gorillas. Let me take a look here. The way the art style is. Okay. Oh, wow. I, Hell I don't yeah. know why, but I can imagine that, yeah. It's yeah. so good. I dig that. Real sharp, real sharp art on it, I think. Sharp so art. Yes. But Ultra Shock Boom. Very good. By BMA Studios. Very good. I'm going to have to look at that. You ought to bring that by when you're done with it. I can leave. I got the two issues, so I can leave the, the okay. one that I opened since you already cracked open the variant. and You handed it to me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Was I not supposed to open it? All right. Uh. All right. Well, with that behind us, let's just turn our full attention over to Adam and talk about this novel he has coming out, Caravan. I'm really excited to talk with you about this because this is your uh, is this your debut novel? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, your very first hey. one. And, and uh, from what I've read uh, on the press release is it's your love of uh, tr- your travels and uh, your knowledge of historical events kind of combined to make this uh, novel. Can you tell us and our listeners more about it? Yeah, so Caravan is a story about a man from England who travels across the Saharan Desert just after World War I to photograph the people, the culture, and the desert because a magazine hired him to do it. And while he's on this business trip across the Saharan Desert, he falls in love with, a, with, a, with the caravan that he's traveling with. And he becomes obsessed with the desert and uh, uh, being in the silence that he finds there because it allows him to start putting himself back together, being that he has a past uh, in the First World War, which we know is just uh, you know, hor- horrific is an understatement. 
And uh, off of that, he's able to start putting himself back together. And uh, uh, there's also a mystery involved. Not gonna, I'm not gonna obviously give away any spoilers, but there's a lot of mystery, a lot of action, and uh, there's a, a solid moral behind it that I hope people will um, will get some value out of. Man, that sounds really good. Thank I'm you, man. Ex- I appreciate it. I'm excited to know more about it. But now, are you able to disclose as to you know what it was about your travels or any experiences that you've actually had in your travels that uh, you know have helped inspire this book without telling what happens in the book? Yeah, there's uh, there's actually a city in the book um, that I pretty much I I, I pretty much carbon copied. Uh, after the old part of Nice in France, uh, which I was extremely lucky to visit when I was younger. Um, and there's there's just something about... So in this part of France, uh, there's a city called Nice. And within Nice, there's this old... It's called the old... Uh, I believe it's called the Old Town. So it's this real small part of the city, and the streets are so small that only a car going one way can uh, barely squeeze by. So people have to clear out if cars coming by. So in a way you feel, you can feel the oldness of the place. And there's just something about, uh, so, so in the narrow streets there, there will be markets with, you know, people selling, selling fruit and, uh, 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 you know, spices and everything. And I just captured that whole experience and I mm-hmm. set it in North Africa and Morocco, and I put my own my own little twist of it. But I also uh, uh, modeled it after a real city uh, in uh, Morocco that I haven't been to. I, I actually haven't been uh, to Morocco yet, uh, which is one of the places that the book uh, takes place in. But, uh, yeah, that was one of the experiences traveling to uh, that city inspired um, one of the locations in the novel. There were a number of of characters that I met while I was traveling who instantly I just met and I thought, okay, this is, this is a character, um, in and of himself. It's almost like they, they come prepackaged and all you have to do is just, uh, uh, make them, make them come to life on the page. So yeah, there were a lot of experiences and there's, there's even one character. Um, he's, a he's a Moroccan cook that the main character, William gets to meet on his first day. That's, uh, he's actually he's he's pretty much a carbon copy of a of a Moroccan cook that I know that that had a lot of influence on my life that I, I uh, I'm actually a good friend with. That's hmm. really cool because then later yeah. in life when you come back and you know you're looking through this novel, not only is it you know this story this this piece of art you've put together, but it's also a documentation of your experiences and people it's memories and stuff that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's it's really cool. Like so, your travels, these trips around the world. Are you taking these trips? looking for inspiration for this novel or what, what was the purpose of these trips? Uh, well, well, I started traveling, uh, with my family when I was about, uh, five years old. I wasn't just packing up and, and, uh, and going oh. uh, five, but, uh, I started, well, cause my, uh, my mother is actually from Argentina and, uh, nice. growing up, we would go down there and, and visit a lot of the, the countries to see her family and, and relatives down there. And uh, that led to us uh, going to other countries and uh, seeing a lot of the world. And it's one of the experiences in my life, actually a lot of the experiences of my life that um, I'm just extremely, extremely grateful for and I'll, I'll never forget. 
You know, I, I almost like that better. You know, I, uh, when we first got on the phone, I was thinking, like, you threw your backpack on. It's like, okay, I'm going to go see the world Just now. You know? about type thing. <laughs> but the fact that this yeah. is spread out over your life during your whole, you know, growing to maturity, that I mean, that has to account for even mu- that much more, right, than cramming all this within a few years. Uh, yeah, he experienced yeah. a lot more at different ages. You experience it uh, and, you know, perceive it differently. Have you now, have oh, you, yeah. like been somewhere at a very young age returned there as an adult and had that kind of different experience uh let me think you can think of Oof. that's a that's a tall order i think maybe (laughs) you never know know. he's seen a lot more of the world than i have yeah (laughs) uh you know i i can't say i have it's actually been gosh it's actually been almost uh a decade since i've been to to south america so it's it's Mm -hmm. been a while but I'd, I'd love to go back. Um, uh, things in Argentina are, are improving a little bit, so it'd actually be good to, to go back. Right. Yeah. I've only yeah. been out of the country one time to go to the D- uh, Dominican Republic for vacation. In Germany was oh, it very for cool. me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I got to go to Austria, so that was cool, too. Yeah, your flight was a lot longer than mine. Yeah. Mine was only like three <laughs> hours. Eight-hour flight. Uh, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. I, I I'd love to see more of the world. I, like we've mm-hmm. covered on the show before uh, in the past. I I do not fly well. I, I do not <laughs> sit still well. So. I do, but every time but they talk about moving the seats closer and stuff, I I make I, it makes me not want. I'm to claustrophobic, go. so planes ah. just. I've never been on like a great big plane, you know, where they've got like two seats an aisle like a row of five seats an aisle like oh, i'm always yeah, on like smaller like three those... on one side two on another exactly oh god yes that's what's all i've ever been on <laughs> with the propellers that's yeah, yeah. I don't like those two <laughs> you feel everything yes <laughs> oh yeah yeah uh, the, the landing is not charming on those ones man those are no. like it's it's like you're hopping on the back of a mosquito and, and saying your prayers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everybody's like bracing themselves for impact <laughs> right right and then and then you find out you land so you you're saying this uh, this novel comes out later this year. Do you have any idea yet uh, of what the release date is, or is that still kind of in the air? Yes, I do. Uh, it's actually going to be coming out here in a couple weeks. Oh, wow. Believe it or not, yeah, believe it or not, it was scheduled to come out last December, but a week and a half before release, uh, some files got deleted, and we've just been, uh, uh, me and my editor uh, and, and some of the other guys I work with, we've been just putting it back together and getting it back up to shape. But actually, believe it or not, uh, we worked out some bugs that we had that we didn't know about, and uh, we're, we're stoked to release it. I'm stoked to see it. I would love to, if you guys have any like review uh, material, please send some mm-hmm. our way. I would love to check this out. But yeah. so, so what's, what's the actual date on that release then? I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I, I can't lock down an, uh, oh, an okay. actual day. We're still working out some of the final things, but it should be within the next couple of weeks. That's that's the best I can do, but within the next couple of weeks for sure. And this is going to be uh, digital and hard copy? Uh, yes. ebook and paperback. Wherever you can get a book, you can either get it on Amazon or uh, pretty soon after it will be out on Amazon, you can get it at any bookstore you walk into. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. And we'll put up links, you know, once it's available to uh, to uh, help our listeners get easier access to it. Maybe we'll repush this episode once it's uh, out. So, uh, yeah, make it put it yep. right back in the forefront of people's minds. Yeah, but. yeah, it sounds awesome, man. Adam, I want to thank you so much for being here. Is, uh, I have you on Twitter at Adam underscore uh, D. Colibus, but is there anywhere else we should be checking you out, man? 
Uh, you know what? Um, Adam DeCaldis at Instagram. I go live once a week on uh, on Wednesdays. You can find me there a lot. Uh, I've got a blog, thirdlinestories.com. Uh, that's actually going to be going live pretty soon as well. Uh, me and a couple authors, we put up short uh, short fiction of all sorts of genre. We've even got we've even got poetry. Uh, we've got everything up on there, and we've got a lot of uh, good good content for free. Um, and yeah, it's just a way for us to to put out free content for you guys. So thirdlinestories.com. Uh, that's that's the blog that I run, and uh, Adam DeCalbus at um, at Instagram. And uh, again, we'll be putting links up to help people uh, find those things. But yeah, lots of different places to check out all the work you're doing. A lot of work, man. I had no idea you were up to so much on top of writing <laughs> a novel, doing yeah, really. poetry, and all this stuff, man. But good on you, Adam. Thanks again so much for being here. And we definitely have to get you back in the future. This has been an absolute pleasure. Yes. Oh, for sure. We got to do it again sometime, man. Thank you so, so much. We certainly will. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can check out our special guests, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, visit the Hall of Heroes to see the Wall of Justice, to see some of the videos from our YouTube page, check out some of our merch, become a patron. And St. Louis, Missouri, Wizard World's coming April 7th, 8th, and 9th. If you want to press your luck and try to win two priority three-day passes, go to the sweepstakes page, fill out the form, or you can just use promo code CANDAIR at checkout and get 10% off. Yeah, 10% goes a long way when you're buying con tickets. Mm-hmm. And on Twitter at CANDAIRPOD, Instagram at CAND underscore air, and once again, patreon.com forward slash CANDAIRPOD to get access to that can dare patreon pod uh or the exclusive show that we do over there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> get too wordy with it and um i think we're going to watch since we've got a what another show or two they're going to be coming out before the april 7th release of laser wolf we're going to give this another watch yeah because uh i think we missed something jack i, 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 so. I truly think we did and uh i think we're going to like it i wasn't prepared Not that the we first didn't time. but yeah we're just still kind of processing we questions we watched it me. right before we started yeah. recording so we didn't have time to talk and no. Whatever. Anyway, Laser Wolf, April 7th at midnight on Adult Swim. Uh, anything else I'm forgetting? I think we got it. think we got it all. So until next time, I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Adam DeCaldis. Thanks for listening, everyone. Why don't you pull out your mobile device and get on CandarePodcast.com? Shoot, it may even help him find you. Well, that makes no sense. Hey, what are you doing near my son? Time to split. G.I. Joe! All right, I think we're ready to go if everyone else is ready. Jack, good? I almost got all four of the NECA short ones at the comic i would have kicked your ass if you would have bought them (laughs) you son of a bitch everyone else you know what no you can have those i want the i want the uh 
poor guy. He's like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> I'm surrounded by toys in my room here, and I've got NECA uh, teen, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, uh, like, oh, what are they, what would you say, foot and a half tall action figures mm-hmm. buff behind me. And Jack told me he almost bought the uh, the quarter-inch size ones, all of them, this weekend. Honestly, I would probably stick with those ones. I liked them better. I'm looking at the detail on them on yep. Instagram, and yep. yeah, I like these better. Yeah. They're more expensive, but I like them better. Yeah. <laughs> Which, All right. So sorry, Adam. The, uh, the, the quarter size or the um, the the three inch ones? Uh, I've got the quarter scale. Uh, so oh, they're scale. about a foot and a half tall. Mm-hmm. Their bandanas are actual. At least the part that hangs down their back is actual cloth. They're yeah. really cool. And the smaller ones are like plastic and they still look amazing. I would still love them. But um, since those have been out, Target has put out NECA animated series turtles that come with the shredder, Krang, and everything. Mm. $50 a pop, but they look amazing. Oh yeah, I'm not Target. rushing out to buy them, but yeah, they're a Target exclusive, and you cannot. I've been in Targets everywhere, can't find them. I bet. They're just Decent. gone. They're all over eBay. Maybe, now. Yeah. maybe Target didn't actually release them. They're just trying to get people wandering through target yeah really. <laughs> you know, they're like yeah we got this exclusive ninja turtle thing going on it people worked. are wandering through target oh hey you know what i do need a sweater <laughs> it's a damnedest thing though you know because I, I i look through the toy area i look through the NECA area and i get them being gone but i don't even see a spot for them hmm. and i uh i was in there me and uh, brooks cousin we were walking up an aisle looking for him and i passed this guy who had one in his hand. He had the Michelangelo one. And I stopped him. I was like, yo, 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 guy, where did you get that? And he turned around and got like, <laughs> like looked offended, looked scared. He goes, he just runs. Well, well I found this one. And I, I put both hands up. I was like, dude, I'm not trying to take your toy. I just want to know where you got it. And he's like, over there. And I just said, all right, dude, whatever. And I just walked away. It was this. going to go back to my basement now. Yeah. I, I think he was going to ejaculate on this thing, probably, the way he was acting. Oh, my. He probably, he probably thought you were a Ninja Turtle narc or something. You were trying probably. to. He yeah. probably he knows where yeah. the where the seat, the sweet spot is that I can't find in any store where they're all stockpiled. <laughs> Uh, Son of a bitch. Anyway, let's do this show, huh? Yeah, Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it. Okay, here we go. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on. <laughs> 